BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey everybody out there in BeastNet land, Brother Boggs here talking to you today, just letting you know that this is a wonderful episode with Hammer and Mike Thompson. Only fun part is Hammer forgot to do an intro. So, with that being said, have a good listen here to this fun episode with Mike Thompson and Hammer. How was your 4th of July, by the way? Oh, man, it was fantastic. I get to spend a lot of time with, um, you know, just chilling out with my daughter and making sure that, uh, you know, she she really enjoyed the fireworks. She's three and a half. So, um, last year, it really wasn't a thing for her. She just, it was... Uh, you know, she was more interested in all kinds of other things going on. Yeah. So this, like this year, she was really, really focused on it. And it was just, uh, it was a blast, man. It was, uh, you know, I used to just, you know, sit around and sit around, you know, hang out with buddies and just watch the fireworks. But this year it was just me and the family and I, I wouldn't have had it any other way, man. It was fantastic. Yeah, man. Like when you become a dad, it changes everything. Um, oh, yeah. It definitely does. Yeah. Uh, um what part what part of washington were you in because i was in washington as well and we had no fireworks <laughs> um so i actually live just south of tacoma okay um so right right in between tacoma and olympia so okay okay uh, bear, I was bear in, with uh, me <laughs> i got you my, dude it's my allergies are killing me i haven't, haven't been able to take allergy meds for like a week because i just had allergen testing done Ugh, okay horrible um i, I went to sunland that's where I was at in Washington. Oh, okay. We had no fireworks, but I had the same issue with the allergies, man. Um, my kicked in Sunday morning when I woke up and Damn. all day Sunday, just running oh, yeah. and draining the entire time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, um, normally I have like a steady regimen of just, um, you know, Zyrtec or Benadryl, any, any sort of antihistamines, man. I I've got those on, on, you know, like in my pocket all the time. Uh, and just in case I need them. And um, so I was like, you know, we've met our deductible this year on our health insurance. So it's like, why not get tested for all my allergens, get it out of the way, dude, I'm going to tell you what they had, like, it was like 30 something different boxes that they check to tell you whether or not you had sensitivity to, um, to any of them. Yeah. I think 95% of them were checked off for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 It was, it was nuts. Um, so I just got that done today and, um, I, ugh, this is the, this is the rough part about it. I actually have to go back. Um, and the, the doctor's office that I'm going to is completely out of the way from where I live. So like if I'm on my way to work, I just go due North uh-huh. this place. If I'm going, like, if I want to stop by after work on my way home, I have to go like Southeast and then I have to come back home. And so, uh-huh. So it's completely out of the way, but I have to go there um, once a week to get an allergy shot. Um, that way they can start like weaning down my allergies and all that to certain things. Yeah. And <clears throat> so <laughs> I have to do that once a week for at least two years. No way. Yes. Yes. And so I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, if it would have been like a couple of months, I still would have, I still would have felt like it was like a huge inconvenience. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh man. So I, when I asked him, I'm like, so how long do I have to do this for doc? You know, like, cause I, I've got some pretty severe allergies to some stuff, especially like 
certain types of grasses and trees. Yeah. And he's like, he goes, well, you know, you, you know, um, he's like minimalistically, like at the bare minimum. And I'm thinking he's going to say like a couple of months, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's like bare minimum two years. He says, and you really want max effectiveness five years. I was like, bro, I'm going to be 40 before I'm not allergic to anything. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Like I've gone half, you know, half my life expectancy being allergic to all kinds of stuff every which way. And now halfway through my life, I'm finally going to be not allergic to anything or at least have a tolerance. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was crazy, man. I just, yeah, I couldn't believe it. So. Uh, wow. So how about you, man? Like how was, how was your fourth? It was good. Um, I went and we went to Sunland, Washington, yep. um, visited a girlfriend's family oh, okay. and uh, to the kids up there. And it was nice. Um, I never been there before. Uh, never been to Eastern Washington. And um, <laughs> with me being from Southern California, it was nice to go visit a part of the Pacific Northwest that yeah. reminded me of Southern California being the high desert. Yeah. Um, like I literally, I feel like I was back at home. Like when, as soon as I saw the warning of rattlesnake signs, I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Back at home. Yeah. Um, it was good though. It was really good. Um, we spent three days. We spent Saturday, Sunday and this morning, I literally about an hour ago, we just got pulled in, um, for the drive back. Wow. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it was good though. Um, they had some really nasty, uh, crossbacks. Mm-hmm. that went from the top of the gourds down to the little city that put mm-hmm. you next to the water. Um, I got to run them and that was tough because it was wow. an uphill the entire way. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good though. Plenty of sun. Um, it was 90 degrees the whole time. Um, so coming back to Portland today, like Portland's mm-hmm. like 70 and cloudy right now. And uh, it's just, it's depressing. It's depressing. Like, I'm just <laughs> like, I want to go back already. Yeah. 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 I, um, so I used to live in Oklahoma before I moved up here. I've only lived in Washington, or at least in the Pacific Northwest. I've only lived up here um, just over eight years. Okay. Um, so in the, I think, so I think it's like 17 years prior to that, um, I lived in Southwest Oklahoma, and I hated it. Every oh. minute of it, I hated it. Um, uh. Mainly just because, mainly, mainly just because of the climate. Um, and I, I talked to my best friend the other day. He was out um, doing work. Um, he's a, like a cable installation guy. He, um, he was at work the other day and it was 115 out. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, dude, I don't miss that one bit at all. I don't miss it. Um, and it's funny cause, um, the people that have never been to this area, they, they always, they're kind of like, Oh, what's, what's Washington like? And I, I tell them like, you take Washington and just cut it in half and like, yeah. The the left half over here is green and you know lush and you got a lot of humidity and rain and it rains all the time and all that. I said, but eastern Washington, you take you take Oklahoma and you just add hills and mountains to it. <laughs> so then, on the other hand, whenever people in Washington ask, "Oh, what's Oklahoma like?" I've never been there. I always tell them, take the climate. And everything from Eastern Washington, give it all dead trees and make it flat. And that's Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. You just make it dead flat and that's Oklahoma. Um, oh. And then just crank up the temperature by about 20 degrees. And then you're, you're, 
And uh, they're like, oh, I never want to go there. I'm like, please don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. It is. It's, it's freaking amazing. Let's kind of kick it up um, a little bit. Uh, but tell us a little bit about uh, yourself outside of OCR. You know, you, you mentioned you've got a family, you know, what do you guys like to do for fun? Um, I mean, my life's pretty simple. Uh, I have two boys. Okay. Um, they are eight and four. Uh, the oldest is named Lincoln. Uh, okay. The youngest is named Preston. Um, I'm with them. I, I have them every weekend, so we're always hanging out. Um, usually, we're either out. We're doing out. If we're outside, we try to get outside as much as possible. Oh yeah. Um, if we're outside, we're at least fishing once a week weekend if we can. Um, we're at the lake. We're at the river. We're at the ocean. Somewhere getting line wet and just putting a hook in the water. Um, that's awesome, man. I, I wish I could do that on a regular. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like we we manage our, our weekend around that. Like, okay, when's the hot? When's the warmest part of the day? When is the most sun's out? When yeah. can we go? And when when it's dry? And we try to manage. Like, okay, this is where we're gonna go. Here's our window, and we will plan around that and plan everything else around it. Yeah. Um, if we're not doing that before COVID hit, we're always the park. Um, yeah. On the monkey bars, on the jungle gym, running around, playing soccer, just whatever. We're always moving. That's one thing about yeah. our family. Always moving. Never sitting still. We'll, we, we calm down to kind of relax and sit still. It's whenever we're eating um, or at the end of the day, uh, right before bed, trying to wind down. Um, okay. That's kind of what we do. Um, yeah. when, I don't have the, when I don't have the boys, so on a non-weekend, so weekdays, um, I work remotely for a software manufacturer um, doing sales. And okay. so with that, um, I work a lot, long hours. Um, but with, but the good thing is I get to create my own schedule. Um, so with that, that's when I get the, my chances to work out, run yeah. if I can, go bouldering, um, run around dragging a tire, do some type of CrossFit <laughs> workouts. Um, and then recently, uh, at the beginning of this year, I became a volunteer firefighter for oh, one wow. of the local counties out here. Yeah. So that's been a big investment of my time as well. Oh um, yeah. But it's a good payoff. Um, oh yeah. Knowing that helping the local community, um, putting time and effort and learning, like not learning, not only helping the new community, but also becoming, adding a new definition of my, my role model capabilities for my sons, but also learning a new trade, which is really nice. Um, yeah. Because you learn you, you learn to be a paramedic, and then you learn your firefighter your firefighter duties. So it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. I um I can relate because uh, when I was in high school, my senior year, um, I had actually completed most of my high school stuff um, prior to my senior year. So they gave um, people with um, I guess you could say people that had kind of finished early. They gave yeah. me the option if they wanted to go to like a vocational school senior year. And that's, yes. and that's and that's what I chose to do. I actually did firefighting for um, a year in vocational school, and then um, after that, I did uh, firefighting for a little bit um, in Oklahoma. And man, you know, just just the physical aspect of that alone, like, oh my gosh, man, I wish I could get back into that. When I think about where I'm at now physically, I always think back. I wish I could get back to where I was at when I was firefighting. Because a lot of people think firefighting just, you know, on the exterior is holding a hose, blasting a house with tons of water. And there are so many factors and so many nuances of firefighting that people probably don't even see. And 
I mean, just, just the training, like my favorite, absolute favorite thing to train about or train on was um, we had a, a four-story tower. I'm sure that you, you've probably gone through this. You might have. I don't know how they've changed up training because it's been probably, man, it's been about 16, 17 years since I've done any of this. Um, so I'm sure the training's changed a little bit. Uh-huh. But <laughs> we, uh, so we used to have to take the, um, used to have to take our hose and we'd have to have it set it at Cone and we'd have to run it up four flights of stairs all the way up in, I mean, in full SCBA, everything, um, you know, full dress, full SCBA helmets, all, all that stuff. And it was you and two other people. So you had a team of three and one was basically like out, you know, sh- just shoving the hose into the, the front door. Yeah. And then the other one was kind of in the middle relaying to you, Hey, we need to, you know, this is how this is going to work. And the other person's up top pulling. And what that dude, oh my gosh. And then like, once you get it in, like weaved in between the staircases and all that, um, depending on how you've got it weaved in there, uh, dude, it was a nightmare the first time we tried to do it and they would always time us. They would always tell us, you know, we're going to time you, um, you know, the person with the winning time. Uh, I don't even remember what the prizes were, but they, I mean, they, they compensated us pretty good for it. Um, yeah. Training at least. And man, I'm going to tell you what, I was in the best shape of my life when I was firefighting. <laughs> like, and it, and it, to me, it didn't even feel like, it didn't even feel like an obligation to stay that trained and, and that physically fit. It was fun. Like that's, uh-huh. that's what keeps me motivated, I guess, for, for staying physically. If I, if I can integrate fun and make it a part of my job, dude, I will do it all day. Hands down. I'll come home beat to death and get up and do it again the next day, exhausted and it's, oh my God, I miss it so much. I, I tell my wife all the time, anytime we see anybody doing firefighting stuff, or um, we actually have a, a firefighting training facility just down the road a couple miles and I pass it every morning on the way to work and I see it. And every morning I go to work, I'm like, man, I miss that so much. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. And, and dude, my heart goes out to you for that. That's, that is amazing. Um, and thank, thank, you. You, thank you so much for that. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's good. I, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you yeah. as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you're an ambassador for Terrapin Events. So, so tell us a little bit about Terrapin and, and what you guys have got going on. Uh, yes. So Terrapin Events is a, a local race company um, located in the Pacific, the Pacific Northwest, mainly right. Oregon. Um, they do several races throughout the calendar a year. Um, uh, two of the major, some of the major ones are the Money Valentine and the Dirty Leprechaun. Uh, in the beginning parts of the year, uh, the, the the more undesired times to hold events because of the weather, um, and so this brings a very large crowd to the to their events. Um, and then they also have a few others that actually incorporate um, the and the the buildings and the infrastructure of downtown, uh, okay. uh, Bruce and Bridge, and the single the mile ones, which are directly downtown, um, and you get to run on the streets and the bridges of, of the city of Portland. Um, due to COVID, unfortunately, a lot of these events have been canceled, uh, or not really canceled, but turned into virtual races. Yeah. Um, with this, the last one I just recently turned into the virtual race was the Grateful Dad, um, was a half marathon race that was actually a physical race that was converted over to virtual. Um, now they're doing one for, um, for, it's a, it's a hunger drive race where it goes over, instead of a single race where you run a single distance at one time. 
It's a extended race where you run a long distance uh, over certain periods of uh, over a longer period of time, um, knocking off a smaller distance per day. So okay. you would do a distance of 30 miles, 100 miles, and you would do it over a period of 30 days, 60 days, or even okay. to the end of the year. Um, and then the proceeds of this basically go to help uh, the, the drive for hunger uh, okay. with, cool. the, with, with Terrapin events. So I say you guys get a chance. Check it out. Um, it's a great company to be a, a part of, great organization. Um, hopefully, once COVID is over, they can go back to having physical events. Yes. And uh, they have some big ones coming up. Uh, a local, again, in the city of Portland, uh, there is the, the one Sunset on the River or the Water. Um, and then they have, uh, I think it's called Cowgirl. It's a ladies-only one. Uh, it's promoting the, the power uh, of the ladies to come out and, and kind of help each other run the race together. Um, that's a really good one. Um, cool. So please come and check a look, take a look at it. Awesome. Do you like the BeastNet? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more, at BeastNetPod. So... <clears throat> I know you get asked this quite, probably quite a bit by people that interview, um, but it's kind of like the obligatory first question, um, you know, in like the scripted question section of interviews. But um, what uh, what got you started in OCR? Um, so it's really actually it's, it's kind of comical actually. Um, <laughs> I, I used to run a lot um, back when I was younger in my college days. I actually played. Uh, so back in high school, I played a lot of baseball and football. Um, okay. I had to choose once I graduated high school, I had to choose depending, I had to choose one of sports, football or baseball. Um, I grew up playing baseball since I can walk. I only played football in high school. So, uh, I continued on with playing baseball through college. I played a little bit of minor league, uh, wood back okay. minor league back in Southern California. Then I moved to Oregon. I've been in Oregon about eight years. Um, I wanted to get a, my training resumen for baseball was running. Um, I did cross, okay. cross country while in high school. Um, and middle school so i want to get back into that so while i was training for baseball i used to run with a weighted vest for different various uh, distances uh, depending on the time of day and the temperature today so when i moved out here to oregon i continued that training and um i wanted to since i wasn't doing baseball anymore i kind of wanted to challenge myself more so i stumbled across one day on groupon a mud race for mud factor um so i was like you know what let's buy a ticket let's check it out so i did it and i loved it i was like oh this is what these mud races are about so i heard about them so then after that i I did a little looking at a little more research from that race and i ran a local race um in salem which was called the freeze a lot of people know about that one they did the freeze and uh um what was the other part of it? It was called the freeze and something else. But I did the freeze and it was basically like a 10 mile route OCR. Okay. And um, I ran across, I, I struggled a little bit with the obstacles because I wasn't really, didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And um, I remember running into this one guy. Um, we've been really good friends since then. And uh, his name was okay. Ryan Poland. I remember he helped me out on one of the obstacles. And ever since then, I've always reached out to him for assistance when I had an issue with an obstacle. <laughs> yeah. um, but that like lit the fuse. That was it. From there, I, yeah. I, I remember from that day, I, I went online and searched every local race that was possible um, that I could make it to. I just 
just, I kept going and going and invested more in time in figuring out yeah. how I can get better, how I can condition myself. From there, I even did more road races, more trail races as well, just to, to better myself for OCR races. Yeah. yeah. I um, So I've got kind of a comical start as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is also the part where everybody that's ever listened to a Hammer episode of BeastNet, they roll their eyes and go, God, this story again. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll keep it short. I'll just do the highlights. Um, so my, at the time, my girlfriend, which is now, now we're married and have two kids. Um, so at the time, my girlfriend, uh, said, Hey, my, my brother, uh, wants us to go do this mud run thing with him. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't really sound too bad, but I guess, sure. We'll check it out, you know? And, um, and him actually, uh, that that's actually Don, the guy that, uh, is the, you know, the host or the yeah. management of BeastNet. So, um, we've got kind of, you know, I wouldn't say roped into this, um, this whole ordeal. Um, but he was very insistent on us participating. So I said, you know, what the heck, let's do it. We went out, we had a lot of fun. Um, I know my, my, my wife's not really, she prefers like the, the regular runs, five Ks mm. to um, stuff like that. She'll do mud runs and mud events, um, OCR events, but she's more just her preference is those. So the first time we go out, um, there were these like three foot wide troughs. Um, they were just, I don't know, probably like three or four feet deep. And originally I thought they were supposed to have water in them, but they, they didn't, they were just, you know, dry little pits. And so you just kind of like run across them and, you know, just extend out farther than you normally would in your normal running stride. And, Prior to that object or that obstacle, there was um, this, it was almost like a trapeze, but the the handhold on it was only probably about six to eight inches wide. Okay. And right before that, you run through a water obstacle, right? So you're getting hosed <laughs> with all this water. You get to this, these, um, you get to these pits, you know, and you go through and at the end of it is that trapeze thing, right? I think yeah. I, earlier, I think I said it was at the beginning, but no, it's, it's after the... So anyway, I get to the end and this last trough is like four feet wide or whatever. And you just have to grab up on the tramp or the trapeze thing and swing across. And so at the time I was like at, at my worst physical shape completely. And, and part of the reason I, I did this is because I wanted to challenge myself. Uh-huh. So I'm, I was pushing like 375, 380 at that point. And dude, I, I was huge. And um, so I was like, okay. I don't think this is going to go well, but I'm, I'm still going to do it. I want to challenge yeah. it. So I get up there, I grab a hold of it, and I swing across. Dude, I made it. I made it across. But it was weighted, so that way the, the piece would return to its original position so that, you know, other runners could come up and grab it and swing across the obstacle. Well, as it's weighted, um, it, ca- it caught the tips of my fingers, and it pulled me backwards, and I lost balance. So I fell backward into this four-foot pit, and... <laughs> Dude, I smacked my head on these rocks and like kind of blacked out for a couple, probably like 30 seconds, right? Woke up not knowing where I was, what the heck I was doing. Um, Don's like leaned over the edge of the pit, like trying to pull me out like, hey, you're going to be all right. You know, there's all kinds of other, you know, um, race attendees stopping by going, oh my gosh, I saw what happened. Are you okay? And I'm thinking, what, where am I? What am I doing? What, what is all this? And I had to think about it for a second. And then when I finally figured out, oh yeah, this is that mud race thing that he wanted me to do. I just kind of got up and charged on. Um, probably about a quarter mile later, I, I reached back because I thought I was sweating pretty profusely, but I had actually gotten um, just little pieces of like little pebbles. They were lodged in the back of my head. 
I had no clue. And so I was bleeding out of the back of my head. Oh my God. So I stopped by the first aid tent on the way out, you know, they kind of cleaned it up, whatever. And I'm sure it was probably pretty humorous uh, for them. Cause I'm sure they've attended plenty of these events and seen some like super bad, like major injuries. And here I come this big 375 pound guy walking in, <laughs> holding my head going, yeah, I need to get, you know, need to get checked out and all this. And they're probably looking at me going, man, this is superficial. Get out of here. They just kind of cleaned it off, gave me a couple pats and were like, all right, you're good to go. Um, oh man. <laughs> yeah. But I like, after that, I was sold. And I mean, I've done so many of these things after that. It's, and some of them have actually been worse than that first one. And I, I know you've probably had that experience where you get in the middle of something and the conditions are just right to make you think, why did I sign up for this? <laughs> like, really, why did I do this to myself? I, I want to get paid money to do this. Why did I pay money to do this? And uh, so, yeah. And that's, uh, but, but you know what? It's that, it's that high, man, that, that adrenaline, that um, it's basically that feeling that you get when you complete it, that keeps me going back. And I, I know, you know, the feeling cause otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it. So um, do you have a favorite obstacle? I, I know typically when I ask this question, um, I know most people are say, uh, you know, Oh, it's the one that challenges me this way. Um, I, I actually have, um, a favorite obstacle and I can't remember what the heck it's called. Um, it's the one that we experienced during, I think it was the Tough Mudder and it's like this big block that's submerged halfway in water and it rotates. And I can't remember what it's called, but dude, I absolutely love that thing. And up until that point, I never really had a favorite obstacle. But that thing changed my mind. And, um, so yeah, I mean, do you have, do you have a favorite one or? You know, the, it's weird. So my obstacle is not the obstacle itself. It's the distances. Okay. Um, I, I can see that. Me, yeah, especially me being a bigger guy. Um, I never viewed myself as a distance runner. Even back in like high school, like I was saying, I used to be a cross-country runner. Mm-hmm. I think the furthest I ran was like maybe five miles. And as I got older and I got introduced into OCR and then realized I wanted to challenge myself, my endurance and push my stamina, I got into like the 10K, 15K, and the half marathon distances. And I'm, I was able to, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the fastest, but I was able to keep up with these little, the the smaller guys with being, with definitely having more muscle mass on my frame than they did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my challenge to me is the, the be able to go the distance and keep up the stamina, not only on a road course or a trail course, but even on an OCR course on a longer, the, the few OCR courses that go a longer distance. Yeah. Um, yeah, that what really challenges me seeing, yeah. being able to push myself that distance and keep a certain mile, a, cer- a certain average pace per mile. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think I've actually only I've done a lot of these interviews and I think I've actually only had one other person who said that, their challenge is distance. And yeah. I mean, you really don't hear that very often. Um, the other guy's name was Ted. And for the life of me, even though I interviewed him and, and we talked and he told me how to pronounce his last name, I am so sorry, Ted. I have no recollection of how to say it. I think it's Keeley. Ted Keeley. Yes. I, yeah, I know Ted. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> he was the only other one that actually said that distance was his, was his challenge, you know? And I, a matter of fact, we'll touch back on the, the distance challenge there. 
I was doing a little bit of research and I actually saw your memory of um, the, what was it? The rugged maniac, but you yeah. like what five or seven laps. So you actually did a full marathon length of the rug, rugged maniac. Yeah. That, that's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. It was rough. Like I, that last lap was the worst. I mean, I was so dehydrated. <laughs> my vision, my vision was blurry, and I was like, "I gotta keep going." Just go, oh, yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's awesome, man. I yeah. hats off to you for that. And now a word from our sponsors. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. And we're back. So with everything kind of going on with with the COVID pandemic and all kinds of changing factors, race closures and stuff like that, um, how have you stayed on top of training? Like, I mean, do you, did you have to alter anything about the way that you trained or? Um, yeah, I definitely did. Um, the biggest thing was... So in my mind, the way I look at races, especially throughout the year, um, you have your you have your your benchmark races, yes. your big races you want you, you want to train for, and then you have your other races where you use them to train for the benchmark races. Yes. Um, as all the races have been canceled, I've <laughs> lost that function within yeah. my training or, or my normal some my spring summer routine. Um, I also play adult softball as well. And I lost that too. Um, and that incorporates a lot of training as well. Um, like even just a normal round at the batting cages. I can't even do that now because they're, they're closed. Yeah. Um, so it definitely altered a lot. So now what I'm doing is I have this year I've incorporated uh, tire dragging. Um, I, used to carry, I used to carry a tire a lot while running. Um, what's is fine. It kind of limits breathing. Um, and what's, what's kind of hurts on the longer distances. So I was able to incorporate, I bought a harness, um, so I can wrap around my body, my chest. And go. with that, I drag a tire behind me. Um, this kind of helps with incline, incline running, uh, giving me that resistance as I'm going up a hill. Um, but to incorporate benchmark races, what I've done was I, I've taken the virtual race idea, another step, okay. um, where I'm doing it myself. Um, because you're doing a virtual race by yourself anyway, and you're just doing it for a time, then you submit your time, and boom, you get your stuff mailed to you, right? Well, to, not to cut you off, but some of us are doing them alone. Uh, right. uh, myself, I've done a couple virtuals in the past couple of weeks with numerous yeah. people, uh, uh, you know, not wearing masks. But, you know, we keep our distance. <laughs> so. But anyway, so yeah. continue. So what I've done is I select a new, a, a brand new route that I, have, I haven't run ever. Or maybe I ran part of it and I've been wanting to try out to go in a different way. Okay. I, I select a brand new route. Uh, I map out a distance of how far it is. And I set a goal time. And, and a goal time, so a goal overall time and a goal pace per mile time. And um, I just challenge myself. Um, and then I tell myself, if I beat that goal and I make that goal, then I can move on to another route. And I can build another route that challenges me even more. Um, if not, I'll do it a couple of times. Maybe I'll get on a second time. Worst case, I'll get on a third time. Um, and with that, then I move on to another, a, a new challenge or a new route or a new race location uh, where I self-pace my race. Um, in, in preparation to that, I do have my own personalized routes that I run 
uh, around my house that I can do throughout my work schedule um, to pre- prepare for the new quote unquote race location. Yeah. The hard, the hardest part in that, uh, what I learned to incorporating these, these self races I've made are, are, are obstacles. Um, yeah. So what I've done is I incorporate <laughs> again, which is not, not really, not really preferred, but I kind of do it myself. I incorporate playground structures. Okay. Uh, so I run to a school within a route and I'll hit the playground as hard as I can doing a certain, uh, maybe I'll do two or three exercises in that playground obstacle. Then boom, I, I, I go into the next route or the next stop onto my route, which would be maybe a playground or maybe um, some running route that has extra size equipment on that. Yeah. I hit that and then so on and so on. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure if myself and Pretty Mike got into that, we'd find ourselves on the swing sets a lot. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. like man this is the easiest obstacle ever this is yeah. cool. that's awesome um i know one of the things that we had talked about um myself and mike and i don't i don't really know how if don's kind of thought about it i know he's more along he's more along the lines of challenging himself as you know with the distance and and um setting a specific goal time and, and reaching that um i know mike's been really good about it um i personally um, I haven't been out actually doing much training, um, just because my wife and I, we just had another, uh, another kid. And so I've been, I take the time off of work, um, to, you know, basically just help out, kind of do my thing. And I just kind of put everything on hold for the 12 weeks that I'm off of work. Yeah. Um, you know, I get out every once in a while, I've done a couple of virtual events with, um, you know, some of the, uh, guys from BeastNet and some of the other guys from West coast Spartans. Um, and, um, but in, in all of this, that's kind of the only training I've been doing. So, um, it sucks to say that I've actually put a little bit of weight back on, but I'm, I'm actually planning on hitting it pretty hard when I get back. Um, but to touch back on my original point, um, Mike and I had actually talked about, um, mapping out routes, no matter what the distance, um, but trying to create certain shapes or like certain, like draw a picture, you know, like use neighborhood streets to draw a picture, you know? And so um, I actually have um, a friend of mine that I work with. He goes on this run up in um, basically up here in Puget Sound. Um, it's, uh, his name's Kuvon Stevens. But he goes and runs this route every once in a while. And I don't know if he did this on purpose or if he just kind of accidentally did it and decided, hey, that's, that's pretty cool, but I'm going to do it anyway uh, or I'm going to keep doing it but he has this, this route that he runs all the time. And I'm going to, I'm actually, I know the listeners can't see it, um, but I'm screenshotting it so that I can show you. (laughs) He does this route that looks like a smoking gun and dude, it is cool. Like it is, it is seriously the coolest thing. I can't see it. It's just a white screen. Oh, hold on. It might be the the angle I'm holding it at. Oh yeah. There you go. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't know if he did that on purpose or if it was just an accident, but however he came about that, the first time I saw it, I was like, that is cool. And that's kind of where the idea from, at least for me came from. And I had talked to Mike about it and was like, Hey man, what do you think about running routes that, you know, draw a picture or like spell out a word or something? And he's like, you know, I've thought about that. We should actually really do that. Um, knowing Mike, he'll probably like his first one will probably, cause there's like a big running joke between us um, in, in BeastNet, um, amongst us that where anytime we say something, um, like we have a serious question or 
something merits a serious answer. Mike always responds with a gif of peanut butter. Um, I don't, I don't know where it came from. It's just this random like thing. I think he just started doing it and it became a thing. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Mike's first shape is actually like a peanut butter jar or something. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. But uh, yeah, you know, and it's, it's things like that. I think that, that really keep it fun for us, especially during all of this, you know, the quarantine lockdown, isolation, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, so in light of these previous questions um, about like your um, training regimen and all that, what keeps you motivated? Um, I know earlier you mentioned, you know, you, you wanted to basically like, you know, give your kids something to look up to and, and you know, instill in them the, the hard work and the dedication that you put into it. So I'm imagining that that's at least a factor. Yeah, no, it's a huge factor. Um, so, yeah, my, my, my two boys are a huge factor in my motivation of, of what I do. Um, not only in they're a motivation factor in, in all aspects of my life, my career life, yes. my, my OCR resume, my enjoyment life, everything I do. And even the decision-making I make. Um, so yeah, uh, first I do also want to put congratulations on a new little one too. Oh, thank you very um, much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm big on family. So definitely congratulations oh, yeah. on that. Um, Man, I but yeah, they, they are my, mo- they're my key motivation. Cause I figure I, I look at it this way. There's people out in the world that are sitting in wheelchairs, uh, God forbid, or even sitting in a hospital um, that wish they can at least walk outside and use your legs and, and enjoy the motion of movement. And we are we have the gift of motion given to us, and we should fully take advantage of it. Um, and with that, be able to be role models and using that gift to show others that ones with with the power of focus in their mind and and self-discipline they can take that gift and allow it to use that power and go extended distances mm. or extended circumstances with that power um and that's what that's what i'm about showing my children is that hey you know what you guys have this ability um and you can do it for fun you don't have to do it for competition i mean just go out there and have some fun yeah. Try to run around two miles, three miles, four miles, whatever you can do, but have fun at it because in the long run, it's going to help you out that the same tools you use to focus on and the, the same tools you use with focusing and using that discipline to be able to go those dis- distances, you can use them in other aspects of your life as well. Oh yeah, And um, that's my biggest motivating factor is, is showing and helping others as well to use that gift they have with them with inside them um to go that distance and or or to take their athleticism to the next level um i've done it with several friends of mine i've done it with family members it's just to be able that that self-pushing that self-motivation it's my own personal motivation that's awesome yeah that's and 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 i i relate to to that at least um in the sense that um my daughter my oldest she's three and a half um she motivated me because i I was, like I said, I was really, really super heavy. And, um, here recently, like, like I said, I, I've put on a little bit of weight, um, just kind of being stagnant and whatnot and not really getting out and doing much. Um, she was my main motivation for, you know, wanting to that initial challenge and Don just kind of happened to come along at the right time and, you know, got me kind of interested in all that. And that's kind of what started my, I guess my new journey into physical fitness, you know, um, and I, like, I just, my, my thought was, it wasn't necessarily so much the thought of 
um, motivation for, um, I guess, instilling that type of, you know, mindset in my daughter for my, for me, mine was more of like, I wanted to be, sorry, I have the hiccups now uh, randomly. Um, I wanted to be in at least somewhat of a physical shape to, to keep up with my daughter. You know, she's super active. I honestly feel like with as much energy as that kid has, when we like, just in this example, or as an example, we go out on the walk, my wife and I just on a regular, like just randomly during the day, we'll say, Hey, let's just go for a quick walk. We'll walk two miles. I'd say about for us, that's two miles for my daughter. She probably runs a good four miles because she'll run off within eyesight, you know, and then come back and then she just run off and come back. And like, she's going double the distance, at least what we're doing. And she does it on a regular and she still has energy at the end of the day enough to be like, you know, at nine o'clock at night when it's close to bedtime, she still has all this energy. Like, Papa, I want to stay up. Like, no, dude, you're going to bed. Um, I don't know how you have all this energy. I mean, we could go on. There's been times where we've gone on, you know, two, you know, a couple of walks a day and she does the, the same thing, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So much energy, so much energy. And I honestly hope that, um, you know, now that I've gotten into better shape and now that I can keep up with her, I'm hoping that she, um, sees that and that she continues to see what she's doing. And I've actually just uh, got her out in the backyard. I set up some, some old pieces of wood, some fence planks and stuff like that that are still good. And I made a couple of little like obstacles that are high enough for at least her to be kind of scared of the distance that she's, you know, if she falls or whatever, I've set those up and she just took to them just like she'd been doing it for years. And so like she's balancing kind of walking across these fence planks over like my, you know, my fire pit and all this kind of stuff. And I keep telling her, like, you got a future in OCR, you just keep it up. And, um, and I'm hoping that, you know, somewhere down the line, she realizes that she can turn that running into something fun and something positive, not just to do, you know, for the heck of it. You know, I want her to be able to get out and turn that into something. And she loves it. She'll, you know, all the time, Papa, let's go outside so we can run. And the, the curse that we have is that we, um, we're like super fair skinned. Like I, I was born a redhead. Um, both of my daughters are redheads. Um, so you, you can imagine we're, we're pretty pasty. So within about, within about 20 minutes of us being outside, if I haven't put sunblock on, I'm dying, bro. I'm dying because my skin just, it absorbs that sunlight, man. And I just, I burn so easily. So if, if there's anybody listening that has any say in the, like the concentration of sunblock, make like a really big, like stick of butter. That's like SPF 2000. You have my money because I will take it. Like I I will give you the money. We'll take all the SPF 2000. And that's part of, you know, when we, when you were talking about fishing and they said, I wish I could be out there that long. That's, that's what it comes down to. Like if I put sunblock on, I'm good for about two hours. Anything after that, I'm getting burnt, dude. Um, And I mean, bad, like I've long story short, many, 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 many years ago, uh, 13 years ago to be almost precise, um, to celebrate getting a new job. Um, some friends of mine and I went out to a lake, um, out in Oklahoma, we were there for an hour being the idiot that I was at the time. I neglected to put sunblock on in that hour. I was out in the sun long enough to have extensive blistering all over my shoulders, all the way down my back. 
And um, so, mind you, this this was when I first started. I got a new the new job I had actually gotten. I uh, was working for a prison down in Oklahoma. So I'd just gotten hired. It was my first week of training. Um, I went out to celebrate. The very next, um, it was the weekend. So the very next business week on Monday morning, we started with our, like our defensive tactics training. <laughs> all kinds of, dude, all kinds of grappling and, yeah. and, you know, that was single-handedly probably the worst pain I've ever been through in my life. And ever since then, I have vowed never to ever forget my sunblock. Um, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. But, but to go back, yeah, I really, I really hope that uh, she uses that, that energy and the running um, and that just that fun-loving spirit to get into this. And I really want to get her into an event, um, you know, once she's actually fully um, capable of age-wise. <coughs> Physically-wise, I know she's capable of it. Cause man, that kid climbs on everything. She like, she climbed up into her car seat probably a couple of months ago. And I'm like, dude, you're going to be a natural. There's just <laughs> no way. Like I, I guarantee you if I went out and I built obstacles, like what, what Mikey's got out in his yard, she'd be all over him. She'd be like, I want to do the monkey bars. I want to do this. I want to do that. So now I just got to get her, you know, primed up for that fire jump. That's what I need to do. I need to primed up for that. Yep. <laughs> um, so in light of races, since we're talking about that, um, I see that, that uh, some venues and race companies have been opening back up and kind of hosting events. So um, are you planning on attending any, um, i.e. the Portland Hurricane Heat? <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, I'm trying to get my, <laughs> my race code converted. Yeah, um, <laughs> I saw that as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I agree with you, it should be converted. Yeah, right? Definitely. There's no need to pay twice. Yeah, um, exactly. But I also understand it's a different series of events, too. Yeah. Um, so if they can do it, they can. That would be amazing. Um, if not, then I might have to pay out of pocket. Yeah, um, but know, yeah. And I get that it's the same. You know, it's it's a different series. But all in all, it's the same company. So you've already given them your money. Like, you know, not to say anything bad about Spartan. Just you are yeah. one company. I realize that, it. yes, it is a different series. But you've already taken my money for one event one. Yes. I attended. I want to get it converted, but I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Continue, yeah. Just give, give me a discount. <laughs> just give me a discount on the, on that one. And I can pay the, the difference. That's all. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I want to try to attend that one. And then um, I also have planned, uh, I have a half marathon trail race at a local lake near me. Okay. Um, in August as well. And then um, in September, the big Spartan in Seattle. Um, okay. I'm planning on doing the beast, the super and the sprint. It'll be a long oh, the, weekend. The trifecta weekend. All right. Yeah. Yeah. See, I still have yet to get one of those weekends under my belt. I've got a trifecta, but not the weekend. Um, That's going to be my first. So oh, I'll see well, how I last. Oh, dude, you'll do fine. <laughs> Given your track record, I think you'll do fine. <laughs> I'm worried about going from the half marathon to so it'll be a total of 15k on Sunday with the super and the sprint. So I've been trying to practice running back to back days, mm -hmm. long distances, so I can be conditioned for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think I have after that. Um, I think I have a local race in October, and then. The Epic Series in Oregon for the first time. 
Ah. That was moved to November and Grant and Grant's Pass. So they don't okay. take advantage of that as well. And go. then I have some codes left over from Seattle Super in mm-hmm. April. So I haven't decided which other Spartan races I want to attend. Okay. But I, I'd have to use them. So yeah. I got to figure out what works for my schedule. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, this was kind of like, um, I'm glad. I honestly, I'm glad that I going into this year, cause we knew we were going to have um, our second daughter uh-huh. um, going into this year. I knew 2020 was the year that I was going to take off. And I, I didn't necessarily want to take off from my ra- my race schedule. Um, but with everything going on and this was pre COVID by the way. So with everything going on, just, my wife had gotten a new job last year. Um, we were still kind of adjusting to um, the times of when I would leave for work, when she would leave for work, dropping our daughter off at daycare. Um, you know, you factor in a newborn, all this kind of stuff. So I, I kind of made 2020 my my year to just back off and focus on getting my family prepped and all that kind of stuff. And then um, maybe pick back up in 2021. And I'm kind of glad, kind of glad I did, um, you know, with everything that's going on. And I think it just kind of worked out for my benefit, not to say that there's any good coming out of COVID, but um, for my race schedule, um, yeah. not to sound pretentious for my race schedule, it worked out great. Um, and so I'm hoping um, that I can actually get back into um into actually attending events next year sometime soon. If, if all this stuff, I wouldn't necessarily dis- say disappears because I know it's probably never going to go away completely, but once restrictions are lifted and, and all that, and we kind of get phased back into um, some sort of normalcy to where we can have, you know, mass participant events. Um, I really want to kind of get jumping, you know, jump back into it. Um, last year I, I did my first beast um, fantastic, fantastic event um, up in Seattle. I was actually looking, I wasn't looking forward to that one. Like I, I wanted to do the distance and I, I was, that was the first beast I'd ever done. The super last year kicked my butt, dude. Just, I mean, it was the worst, worst race that I'd ever attended. Um, yeah. Not it was bad. Yeah. Not in terms of, you know, distance or obstacles, just the weather, the yes. weather. The weather sucked. And so going into the beast, I was like, please, if it's anything like the super, I just, I'm going to probably, and I hate looking at it like this, but I'm like, sometimes I just get into that mindset where I'm kind of like a self-defeatist, which I'm, I've been working on. Um, but I get that, that mindset of, okay, this is going to be too difficult for me. Um, so therein, that's my, that's my biggest challenge. It's my most challenging obstacle is my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, dude, I'll, I'll try an obstacle for 40 minutes until I get it, you know, or, or however long it takes me to get it. Um, but yeah, my brain is the one that like, especially if it's cold, dude, I cannot stand extreme cold. Uh, so going into the, the, the beast though, it was awesome. Um, single-handedly, probably one of the best OCR experiences that I've had. Um, and I've, I've done a lot of, um, races, but that one I think was my favorite one going into it. Um, that was the one that I'd always, once I had kind of gotten into Spartan races, that was the one I'd always wanted to do. And I thought, okay, the first time I do a beast, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm going to be super exhausted by the end of it, but I'm, it's going to be fun. At the end of it, my body kind of threw me for this little surprise um, because I was, I was happy that I had done it, but physiologically the emotions were so overwhelming. Um, I actually, once I crossed the finish line, 
I went over and, and got my banana. I went over and got my horrible sparkling water drink. And, um, and uh, I, I walked over, I cracked the thing open, took maybe one or two sips just to hydrate for a second, tossed it in the can, scarfed that banana down. And then like, before you know it, man, I was sitting at the table at the, at the team tent. And like, I just, I, I wasn't necessarily trembling or shaking, but I was just kind of like, I was shaking a little bit and like the emotion hits me and I just, I'm like bawling dude. Cause it was because I was so happy that I challenged myself. I, I looked back mentally in my brain, like how far I had come from this 375 pound guy that was doing a, what, what was that race that we did? It was the, um, was the rugged maniac. It was the, the warrior dash. Oh Yeah. Yeah, and that was the first one that I'd ever done was that Warrior Dash, right? So I'm thinking, like, here I am. I've come from this 370-pound, you know, 375-pound guy doing, you know, struggling at a Warrior Dash, like a 5K Warrior Dash, to doing a Spartan Beast. And, like, sure, it may not be the most momentous, um, you know, of occasions, but it was awesome. And, you know, and that's – I want to relive that again. So, like – now my big thing is um, I know Don and Mike wanted me to do a um, marathon with them this year because they've done a couple of those. And I'm here to tell you right now, I that's that challenge again. In my head, I personally don't think I'm ready for a marathon. And I don't, I don't even know if people that do marathons feel physically ready for a marathon. I don't know. I really don't. So because <laughs> I've never been in that position. So um, I want to do – a marathon. I'm going to try, you know, I've obviously already done um, close to a half marathon, if not already, because I think the beast was over 13 miles, isn't it? Yeah. It's over 13. Yeah. yeah last year it was over for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, now that, now that I think about it, yeah, it was definitely over for sure. Cause I remember looking at my Fitbit going, yeah, really? I thought they said this thing was like 13 miles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think by, if I remember correctly, I think by the time I was done, it was like, 15.5 or 15.6 but i also did also did penalty th- you know penalty laps and okay. stuff like that so i i had a little bit of added distance um you know it sucks for those of us that don't have all that upper upper body strength um but uh yeah my goal is i, I want to do a marathon and then ultimately i think the one that it would really cap it off for me is i really want to attempt an ultra yeah um, so, and I know that's been on Don and Mike's um, brain a lot. They, um, fortunately for them, they actually have a lot more um, ability and time because um, their kids are all grown up, you know, and, um, you know, being that my wife and I have, you know, one toddler and one infant. Um, well, I wouldn't know if she's a toddler anymore, but anyway, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really too, um, I guess I don't know too many of the little baby terms, but anyway, three and a half year old and a three month old. So um, our time is really, really divided and really spent. And like, we really have a lot of time that we try to make time for each other and it just doesn't work out a lot of the time. So uh, my free time right now is just um, (laughs) so, which isn't a bad thing because I'm, I'm ultimately, I'm building these strong bonds with my, um, but once, once I'm actually in that, um, I guess in the ability once we actually figure out because she's un- unemployed right now at least uh, from COVID for a little bit she's just on um, she's on layoff status so oh. she, actually yeah she's going she's going back to work at the end of the month um, that's when her layoff ends 
Um, I go back to work at the end of August. And so once, once we're both kind of back in the swing of things and we can kind of figure out our schedules, um, like I am going to be hitting this stuff like crazy. Um, I've already started preparing. I've already, I went to the store and bought all kinds of stuff to make, um, you know, workout equipment, um, yokes and like the, the stupid slosh tube. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've got all kinds of stuff that way I can do this stuff kind of in my own backyard. Um, uh, I know Mike, he just, um, he just bought a house, um, over in Bonnie Lake, Washington. And so I'm hoping that when he moves, maybe I'll get one of those big tractor tires that's in his current backyard. So I'm hoping I get one of those. There you go. Okay. Uh, wink, wink, Mike. Because uh, I don't know if you're going to listen, you know, if you're listening to the episodes, but if you are, that would be a great donation to my workout regimen. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's, we've been trying to challenge ourselves here at home, you know, when we have free time with the kids. Um, we've started doing kind of like an upper body and lower body challenge. Um, just to, just to kind of keep ourselves in somewhat of a decent shape, (laughs) um, while we're just, you know, out, um, we've got a lot of, uh, appointments to go to and stuff. So it's, it's really hard every once in a while to just kind of find that time. Um, I think a lot of the time when it comes to, um, just my wife and I, we kind of default to just enjoying our time together rather than working out. And, um, you know, and, and there's, there's going to be a place and time for that again. Um, We both know this and um, you know, we both kind of want to get back into shape. Um, Just right now, the, the hardest part is making that time just because there's so many other factors. Um, Yeah. But anyway, um, I'm rambling on and on and on. (laughs) No, you're fine. You're fine. So (laughs) to give you a day to help you out. So last year when we could race, um, Speaking of the beast and the super of last year, how crazy the super was. Uh, my four-year-old was three at that time. So same age as your daughter now is now. And um, a lot of my at-home workouts incorporated him um, as a weight. Um, I, yeah. I would have him, I would, I would, and with that, I actually helped him learn how to count. Um, so I, I try to, I, my biggest thing is try to be as efficient as possible in whatever I do. Um, so I fell on my back, do some push-ups, and have him count them out loud for me. Um, so he can learn how to count to 20, just try to do a, a, a set of 20 push-ups or doing some sit-ups and holding him straight up in the sky and air, uh, and have him count that way. Whatever I can do yeah. in the court. And then the kids love it. They're hanging, they're spending time with you and you're getting yeah. to work that way as well. There yeah. you go. You're, dude, you're a genius, man. I, yeah. I wouldn't have thought about that. I'm over here thinking about how much formula do I have? Do I have this? Do I have that? You know, um, you know, um, what am I going to, you know, what, what kind of movie are we going to watch tonight for family time, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's honestly, and I, I actually hadn't even thought about that. Now that you say it, it's, it's kind of almost like a given, like I want to work out. I want to spend time with my kids. Yeah. And incorporate both. Yeah. Uh, and what's, what's actually kind of funny now that I think about it, I've subconsciously, I've been doing somewhat of that um, without actually saying that it's working out with my daughter. Um, she, I, we had this, I saw this person doing this on, um, on I, I, whether it was Instagram or Facebook. Um, but we're like, people put their kids in a laundry basket and they'll like do a roller coaster on the TV. You know what I mean? And so I was like, Oh, let's do that. So like for the past couple of days, we've been doing like the roller coaster POV stuff where I put her in a basket and 
she weighs, I think she weighs right now like a good 40 pounds. So just I'm sitting down on the floor, but I'm, I'm not using the floor as, you know, a way to like, as a fulcrum to you mm-hmm. know, her weight. I'm actually holding the basket underneath and I'm just holding her and, and twisting and using all these. And by the time I'm done, cause we'll usually do it for probably half an hour, sometimes in, you know, a good 45 minutes. By the time we get done, my arms are shot. And I'm like, I told my wife the other day, not even thinking about what you, you know, even relating it to what you had said. I told my wife, I was like, man, that my arms are just jello now. Like that's a heck of a workout. And I didn't even think I could work out like that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's awesome. You know, and, and I, I appreciate that suggestion because I'll definitely use it now. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I've been like, I, I bought, so I have one of those uh, rolling dollies for furniture with the two wheels yeah. on it, little square. Dude, I, I put, I, I tie a rope to it, had a little guy sit on it on a decline on, a, on our driveway. I pull that. Uh, hey, there you go. Then I went on yeah. eBay and bought like a cheap like sled um, that you put weights on. And I just had the kids sit on it and hold on to the middle pole. And there I pulled that. Yeah, and it, I, I, I even throw the dog on her. I was like, hey, hold the dog with you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I just pulled that. At the, I take them to the park and just pulled that in the grass. And, like, yeah. it helps out. They love it because it's a free roller coaster ride. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Dude, genius. Pure genius. Yeah. Um, so do you have any, um, like, professional, promotional, personal shout-outs that you want to put out there? Uh, I mean, I, let's see. I'm always shouting out anybody I know that's currently doing any type of private or personal um, workout plan or gym. Um, As I spoke to earlier about Ryan Poland, who got me into OCR, he really helped me out um, because I was struggling bad. And I reached out to him and I think he actually introduced me to the Beast group on Facebook. Yeah. And then uh, through that, I became with, I became different friends with all kinds of people. Um, Another person was Taylor. Uh, You guys interviewed him last week, I think, or two weeks ago. Um, he's a good friend of mine as well. Um, we, we've hung out not only at races, but personal life as well. And, yeah. uh, he has his own training program and own training service. He does. Um, another one is, uh, Jeremy. He does his own thing. He does his thing at the, oh, is it the Ninja warrior? Okay. He does his training there as well. Um, so shout out to those guys doing their thing and anybody else I might've missed, um, doing their own personal training. Um, and then also the Northwest tournament, I'm on one of those teams. Um, so which is kind of nice. Um, our team is called compass. Um, so shout out to my team members as well on that. Um, and shout shout out to the tournament. Unfortunately this year has kind of killed it because due to COVID. Um, but we'll probably roll it over to next year as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a shout out to everybody doing their own thing. That's the biggest thing. Everybody doing their own thing, working hard. Um, still pushing themselves through this whole COVID thing where they can't, we can't come together. Um, and everybody staying positive throughout this entire time, because it is hard. It's, it's hard to stay mentally strong and, um, wanting to work out every day without having a benchmark. Sorry, my dog's over here making noises. Oh, you're good, man. <laughs> having, having a benchmark to work towards, um, like I said, it's hard. Like I, I've, I've gotten into, to another thing I've gotten into is I've done, I started swimming. I, I, I got a membership to a local pool the week before COVID hit. <laughs> Went swimming once yeah. and then boom, they shut the pool down. So yeah. I couldn't swim anymore at the pool. Um, but then I, I bought a paddleboard, a stand up paddleboard. And that's, that is a core slash 
inner hip workout. Um, the, the, the learn not the balance on the paddleboard standing up is such a huge inner hip and inner hamstring workout, man, like your glutes are on fire the entire time <laughs> to balance. And then, uh, then I, I, you, I, I, I've started fishing off of it, which is really nice. Um, so then while I'm fishing on it, I'm like sitting on my knees paddling and that mm. is like a huge core workout because you're like, you're using your, your core and your like your diaphragm to really push that paddle into the water and push it behind you. And it, it's tough, man. So it's, it's finding new ways to work out is, 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 it's, I know personally it's a struggle. So I know it's gotta be hard for everybody out there as well, especially yeah. not having gyms open, trying to find or trying to find the weights and stuff that you need in a personal gym to really get the quality workout you're looking for. Yeah. So shout out to those people. Cool. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, I mean, I, I would normally, I ask you, you know, if, if you wanted to like lead us out with some advice and know you kind of um, touched on some of it there, do you have any particular advice uh, or words of encouragement for those that might just be on the fence for trying any of this? Um, my biggest, the best advice would be for those who are listening that are looking to open up their mind to going into OCR that hasn't gone into OCR or even just fitness in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's don't be afraid. Um, uh, don't be afraid of your own fitness level. Um, and comparing yourselves to others that you might see who are doing it. We've all gone through or gone down the same pathway of starting it out and being, being beginners to it or trying it for our first time. Um, so don't be afraid and just, just go out and make and take the leap because the biggest thing about it is you, you're never guaranteed tomorrow. I mean, each day we wake up, we take that first breath in the morning. It's not guaranteed. Um, so definitely take advantage of it. Um, and then another thing as being a father, as I spoke about earlier, is you never know who's watching you. Um, and you, you never know who is looking up to you as well. Um, you could have not only a, uh, a son or a daughter watching you, but you could have a sibling, uh, a niece and nephew watching you. Uh, even a loved one or a partner who is also looking to increase their performance or getting into fitness. And as you are making those leaps, um, they might be looking at doing it too. So don't be afraid to do it because like I said, one, you never guarantee tomorrow. And two, you never know who's watching you and you want to be a positive role model for them as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like you, like you said earlier, use that gift of motion. Yeah, definitely you, use that. You gift. need to trademark that. Put it on. The <laughs> there you go. Gift of motion. Use, like use that gift of motion. <laughs> well, awesome, Mike. Um, I I really appreciate you taking the time, um, especially after um, traveling back home and you know being home only a you know a short amount of time before your uh, your interview here. So uh, thanks again for uh, you know being a part of BeastNet and you know bringing your love of OCR, your love of fitness uh, into our lives, and for building us up into better versions of ourselves, man. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. We'll have to do this again. Certainly, for sure. All right, brother. We have a good night. All right, you too. Have a good night. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.